What's good, y'all? This is different. Very different. I'm not holding a mic. It's on my face. It's good to see y'all tonight. How y'all feeling? Bad, bad, bad. Well, as Panster, pa- Panster. As Pastor Vance mentioned, I will be speaking to you all tonight out of the book of James, which I want to double back and, again, encourage you guys to read it. Like he said, it's only five chapters, chapters, but it is actually, like, power-packed. There's so much in there um, that is so, so beneficial to our walk with Christ. Amen? Awesome. So here's the thing. I'm going to need y'all help tonight. I'm going to be asking y'all some questions as I speak. I don't want to just be talking to an empty room. Is that cool? Can y'all, can y'all, can y'all give me uh, some, uh, you know, some responses tonight? Is that cool? Bet, 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 bet. So don't be sitting there all quiet and, you know, waiting for me to say something. I need y'all to be very responsive, okay? All right, cool, cool, cool. So first thing I want to do is this. I want to pray. You guys know what prayer is? Who prays in this room? Let me just with a show of hands. Who, who's praying? Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's good. Prayer is important, right? And why do I need to pray right now? Well, because I can't do anything for you. I need Holy Spirit. I, I can't, I don't know anything. It is only by his spirit that I can do anything. Zechariah 4 verse 6 tells us that. It's only by the spirit of the Lord. Amen? And so I need his spirit. So what we're going to do, we're going to dive in, but we're going to pray first. Let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord Jesus Christ, holy God, worthy God, king of glory, prince of peace. God, pour out your spirit tonight upon us. God, I yield, I surrender, mind, body, soul, spirit, mind, will, emotions, everything concerning me, I give it to you, God. You said Psalm 81, verse 10, as I open my mouth, you'll fill it. Your word can't return void, Lord. Would you fill my mouth tonight, not with my words, but with your truth, with your heart. And God, would you open the ears of every person in this place listening And Lord, would you soften our hearts to receive the implanted word, which will save our souls tonight. And everybody shout, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. All right. So Pastor Vance told me that I can talk about whatever I want in the book of James. And I went, you know, hmm, what feels good? And I didn't get very far. (laughs) And so I actually came across a passage. It's James uh, chapter 1 starting at verse 19, and what we're going to be talking about tonight is hearing and doing God's word. Amen? Amen. But there's an issue at hand. How many know that we hear God's word all the time? On YouTube, whether you're pulling up a sermon, if you're pulling up to young adults on a Tuesday, you're hearing God's word. You're hearing God's word. If you pull up a podcast, which I listen to a podcast all the time, I Recommend it if you have a very busy life and you're always on the go. It's very good to just pull up a podcast and put on um, some good teaching. Amen? But we hear God's word all the time. The challenge and the issue at hand is that we hear God's word, but we don't do it. Am I just talking to myself? Does anybody have a hard time on a day-to-day walking out the things of God? Come on, with a show of hands. Be honest. I need y'all help tonight. Be honest. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. It, come on, say it with me. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. But it's possible. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to read this passage of Scripture, but I have a question for you guys. Why is it hard for us to, why is it easy to hear God's word but hard to do his word? 
want y'all to just throw out some answers for me. It takes sacrifice, okay? Discipline. Flesh be fleshing, all right. Anxiety, okay. Consistency, procrastination. What is that? Laziness, okay. All right, bet, bet, bet. So I'm going to share with you guys. There's one word I'm looking for, and somebody sort of said it. But we're going to get into it later. But I wanted to kind of, you know, gauge the room and see where you guys are at. But the first thing I want to do is dive into hearing God's word. We're going to dive in deeply to doing God's word tonight. That's what we're going to focus on. But first, I want to talk about just hearing God's word. Um, And here's why we need to hear God's word. The reason why we need to hear God's word is this, because his words are that of spirit and of life. Say spirit. Spirit. Say life. Life. Spirit. Spirit. Life. Come on, say it louder. Spirit. 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 Life. Life. The Bible tells us in John 6, verse 63, it says, it is the spirit that gives us life. The flesh profits nothing. Why is that important? Because in this life, each and every day, the Bible tells us clearly, God says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And then he says, therefore, choose life, not just so that you will live and prosper, but so that you and your seed would prosper. Amen? Amen. So when we choose life and we sow into the Holy Spirit in our lives, what's happening is we're profiting the things of God, things of heaven. When we sow into our flesh, we get nothing out of that whatsoever. Amen? Amen. Spirit, Spirit and life. life. That's what God wants for us. All right. So why is it hard? Scripture tells us that the spirit is always at war with the flesh. The spirit is always at war with the flesh. It's always in a constant battle. You wake up in the morning, you're in a desert. In Psalm 63, you hear David crying out to God, oh, God, you are my God. Early in the morning, I'm seeking you because my soul is thirsting for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I'm longing for your your presence, Lord Jesus, and I want to see your power and your glory as I've seen before in the sanctuary. So what he's describing is simply this. I'm in a desert right now. Each and every day, we wake up in a desert. If you're alive right now, you're living on earth, Every single day you wake up in a desert, essentially because, guess what? Just because you may have had an experience with God uh, the night before doesn't mean that it carries over like it's leftover food. Amen? So we wake up every day in the desert, and we got we to gotta come back. Why? Because the spirit and the flesh are always at war with one another. Okay? I'm trying to help somebody tonight. I'm trying to help myself, too, because this is a daily walk with God. Amen? All right, cool, cool. So let's go ahead and dive into this passage of Scripture. Go ahead and turn with me to James chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 19 to 25, all right? I want y'all to actually pull it out, and I do encourage you to take notes because this is more of a teaching message, and I want you guys to catch everything that I'm sharing. And so go ahead and take notes if you wouldn't mind, and uh, we're going to go ahead. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, bet. So let's start reading. Know this. My brothers, and I've stepped out of the camera, know this, (laughs) know this, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. All right, let's run it back. Let's run it back. It says, know this, my brothers, (laughs) 
<laughs> Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Who wants to be blessed in this room? Come on, who wants to be blessed in, in their doing in this room? Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. Am I coming? Am I going? No, stop. <sighs> Sorry, it's my old church back in the day. And so here's the thing. We hear, but we don't do. This is a problem that needs solving. How do we solve this problem? The first thing we have to do is we have to hear. We have to be in a position and in a posture to hear God's truth, to hear God's word. Amen? And so that's really my first question I want to ask you because I want you to really be thinking and processing these things and evaluating your own lives as, as we go throughout the message. Are you in a position to hear God's word? Are you in a place in your, in your life right now and in a season where you're actually making time for that? I want us to really think about that. Why do we need to hear God's word? We've already gone over this, but it's because his word is spirit and it is life. So there are a few things that happen when we hear God's word. One of the first things that happen is faith is produced. Come on, everybody say faith. Faith is produced when we hear God's word. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of Christ. So hearing God's word produces in us faith. Why do we need faith? It tells us in James chapter 1 that when we face various trials and tribulations, that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness, meaning that when tough times come, when things hit the fan, and things are going wrong, and there's chaos all around. When we, are, when we posture ourselves to hear God's word, and we allow his, the faith of God to come into our lives, it empowers us in the moment to just stand and just be anchored in what God is saying about that circumstance. Amen? So faith is produced when we hear God's word. And when we face various trials and tribulation, that faith will come in handy. And trust me, you will face some trouble in this life. What did he say? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Scripture also tells us that uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Amen? So hearing God's word produces faith. And hearing God's word uh, produces faith that we may be able to please him in this walk with him. So secondly, the next thing that happens when we hear God's word is light enters the hearts of man. Amen? The Bible tells us in Psalm 119, verse 30, 130, it says, The entry of thy words give light. It imparts 
understanding to the simple. The entry of thy word giveth light, and it imparts understanding to the simple. When the word of God is spoken, whether you believe in Jesus or not, something happens to an individual. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow, the thoughts and the intentions, not of a Christian's heart, but of a man's heart. So whoever hears God's word, something begins to happen because his word, the moment you hear it, light just begins to enter a person. Amen? So the moment you hear God's truth, have you ever been going through something challenging? Have you ever, like, had a really rough day and a friend reaches out and says, hey, I was, you know, just in my time of prayer or I was just thinking about you, just wanted to encourage you with this scripture. And out of nowhere, just this peace comes over you. And it was just what you needed in a moment. Or maybe you were on Instagram and you were scrolling, you heard Pastor Vance's uh, clip pop up from young adults, and it was exactly what you needed. In that moment, you heard God's truth. And while you're in the midst of chaos, something happened in that moment where God's truth, the light of his word, it enters you and it overcame every lie of the enemy in that moment. So that's the power of just hearing his word. Light enters into our hearts that are dark. And every lie of the enemy is overcome by the power of the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. So light enters the hearts of man when we hear his word. And I just want to talk to, very quickly, anyone who's here for the first time, or maybe you're actually at church for the first time ever, actually uh, wanted to share with you, if you're here for the first time and maybe you've never even opened a Bible, maybe you've never heard a sermon, somebody invited you today, and you're like, what is this about? What is this? You know, what are they doing? Um, you know, I want to encourage you to get connected. Um, obviously, the message just started, but I do want to encourage you to get connected simply because I'm talking about hearing God's word, but if you've never opened the Bible, um, and if you've never put on a sermon or anything like that, I encourage you to meet some people tonight and get connected because we have something called small groups, and small groups is a great place to start hearing God's word. Um, because it can be kind of isolating. How many know that it can be kind of isolating in your, uh, your, your walk with God at the beginning stages where you're trying to dive into the word and scripture and you're like, where do I go? What do I do? It's good to have community, to be able to connect with people and be able to kind of share thoughts. And if you have questions, you have people right there to ask questions to. So if you're here tonight for the first time, if you've never opened the Bible, good news is there's a whole lot of people in this room who love you and you don't even know it yet. So I just want to encourage you, and more than that, Jesus loves you, but because of the love of Jesus inside of them, they're willing to bring you in and to, to become friends with you and do community with you and life with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Cool, cool, cool. So thirdly, when we hear God's word, we follow him. When we hear his word, we follow him. John 10, 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. When we hear God's voice, the spirit of God prompts us or nudges us to follow him. When the children of God hear the voice of the Father, we long to follow him. The moment we hear God speak, there's something that happens on the inside of us that goes, oh, that's the better way. That, that's probably what I need. Amen? Now, on that note, I want to dive into the issue at hand, which is, of course, we hear God's word, but we don't do his word. And now I want to dive into doing his word. You guys ready? Come on, are you guys ready? Yeah. All right, bet, bet, bet. So 
We're going to come back to hearing his word a little later, but I do want to deal with uh, the doing piece because as accessible as the word is and as much as we hear it, um, doing his word is a fight. It's a fight. And so I want us to take a look at this passage of Scripture again. I want us to go back to verse 19, if you wouldn't mind putting it up. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Say quick to hear. hear. Say slow to speak. Slow to to get angry. angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Do you guys know what rampant means? It means out of control. Out of control. You can't control it. Out of control, rampant wickedness, and receive the meekness, with meekness, the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So what does God want? He wants to produce in us righteousness. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's what God wants. He wants to produce in us righteousness. Amen? What produces the righteousness of God? Well, if we look at the next verse, it says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, out of control wickedness, and receive, say receive, with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So what is it that produces the righteousness of God in us? Putting away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, um, and also um, hearing his word. Hearing his word is the first step. When we hear his word, something begins to flame on the inside of us. And the moment that we begin to uh, take time to really sit with God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I wasn't supposed to touch that. <laughs> oh, The first step is hearing God's word. In order to do God's word, it's, it's very challenging, but it is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to dive into that a little bit. And so if we continue reading at verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So we're talking about doing God's word. How do we shift from a posture of only hearing God's word to a posture of doing and acting God's word out on a daily basis? The first thing is we have to figure out what is it that's hindering us from doing God's word daily. I heard a couple of you shout out, um, go ahead, you said anxiety, fear, comfort. That's a good one. Laziness, timidity, I heard. Anxiety, I think we shared already, but yeah, there's a lot of things, but guess what? All of those things culminate into one thing, the flesh, the flesh. These, this is the thing, this is the, this is the main thing that hinders us daily from being able to really walk out God's truth in our lives. Again, because the spirit and the flesh or the body, they're always at war with one another it is not easy to choose what God wants for you over what you want for yourself. How many know that the flesh has its own desires? In the same way that God has a will for your life, the flesh also has a mind of its own. Amen? Amen. So check this out. Uh, God shared this with me the other day. 
and it was so awesome what he shared was this. When you give your life to Christ, he also, he gives you his spirit, right? And his spirit empowers you to overcome the power of sin. When you experience salvation, it removes you from the penalty of sin. He gives you his spirit, and it allows you to overcome the power of sin. When he made you righteous through the blood, it didn't remove the power of sin. He doesn't remove you from sin until he returns and removes you from the presence of sin. So there's the penalty of sin, there's the power of sin, and then there's the presence of sin. Salvation removes you from the penalty of sin. His spirit empowers you to overcome the power of sin. And when he returns for his church, he removes you from the presence of sin. Amen? So I want us to remember those things because what we're about to do, and actually I'll take the, uh, the whiteboard out. Come on, whiteboard. If I ever had a dream of being like a social studies teacher or something, this is the moment where I get to like fake live it out. But it's not really fake because my relationship with God is real, you know what I'm saying? All right, moving on. The answer is the flesh. If we're going to be hearers and doers of God's word, we have to first understand that the flesh does not want what God wants. I want you to say that with me. The flesh flesh does not want want what God wants, wants. and it never will. will. The flesh does not want, oh, y'all trying to repeat again? Oh, let's do it. The flesh (laughs) does not want want what God wants, wants. and it never will. will. The flesh is enmity to God. That means that there's no good thing in it, and it opposes anything that God has for your life. It, it will always oppose. See, we oftentimes throughout our, I'm going to just tell you my experience. I'm going to share a little story with you guys later. But we can't deal with the flesh. You can't, there's no dealing with the flesh. What did Paul say? I beat my flesh under submission. You have to kill the flesh. You can't deal with it. There's no dealing with it. The flesh is not up for negotiation with you. So you have to, you have to end it. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. But The flesh doesn't want anything God wants. That's why it's always at war with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so I want to do a a little bit of a, I want to kind of create a, uh, I want you guys to get a visual. I'm I'm a visual learner. Uh, Who's a visual learner? All right, cool, cool, cool. Can y'all see this big old thing? Is this big enough? Cool. All right. (laughs) So here's the thing. We all have a spirit. Y'all over here laughing. I don't want y'all laughing at. <laughs> spirit. S P I R. Did I actually? Oh, I was about to say, y'all trying to mess with me. You see how they're connected? Just ignore that. Oh, that was an accident. <laughs> all right. That's not an X, that's a Y. Oh, my God. Spirit, soul, and body. This is how God created us, right? Spirit, soul, body. The soul is linked to the body in the physical world, in the flesh. The soul is also linked to the spirit in the unseen world through the Holy Spirit, heaven. All right. All right, heaven.
Amen. <laughs> we have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body. Again, the soul is linked to the body through the world, the seen world, and the spirit is linked, I'm sorry, the soul is linked to the spirit through the unseen world. The soul, this is the man, this is the seat of man's personality. Decision happens in the soul. The spirit and the flesh, the body, are constantly at war, but decision lies here. Amen? And so every single day, this is what we are faced with in the human life. Am I going to yield to the body and become a slave to the body, or am I going to yield to the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and become a slave to the spirit, or how God likes to call us servants or friends? Isn't that so awesome that he calls us friends? So we have a decision to make every single day. Am I going to yield to the body and be ruled by my body, or am I going to yield to the Holy Spirit and be ruled by the Spirit of God? This is not easy. And to deny the flesh, it takes a long time to really get that thing to die. Amen? And so what do we need here? We need to hear God's word. One, his word is both spirit and it is life. And without his word, we can't deal with this. So if you are dealing with something that you are, maybe you're falling into sin constantly or you're living a lifestyle right now where you're finding yourself constantly in a ditch or in a pit that you can't climb out of yourself because guess what? In and of yourself, you cannot deal with this. You can't produce life on your own. That's why God sent his spirit. If we were able to do it on our own, we wouldn't need him. Okay? So the soul decides. Amen? But here's the thing. If you're not hearing the word, what are you listening to is my question. And I want us to think about that. What are you intaking every single day? If faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God, I wonder what else is produced when we're listening to other things. And I know it's uncomfortable to think about, but if we really want to walk out the plans that God has for us, it's important we evaluate our lives. I want us to go ahead and actually read Romans 12, verse 2. Verse 2 to 3. I'm sorry, Romans 12, yeah, verse 2 to 3. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect because of the privilege and authority God has given me. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I want to pause here for a moment because this is something that I've battled with because I grew up in church. And I always thought that because I grew up in church that I had this strength that I didn't actually have. And when trials and tribulations would come, I wasn't able to really navigate them well because I, didn't, I thought that I was better than what I really was. And so don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Are you guys evaluating yourselves daily? I need to do better in it. I'm not just preaching to y'all. I need to evaluate myself more. If I really want to be all that God's called me. Who wants to be all that God has called them to be? Amen. So we need to evaluate, ourse evaluate ourselves daily. We can't be like a hero who looks in the mirror and just walks away. Let me, it's, sometimes I look in the mirror, and one angle ain't the same as the other, okay? There are some things. 
dad bod in full effect, okay? I got to be honest with myself. And there's, if faith, listen, faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. But the Bible also says that faith without what? I need to be in the gym like this. I, or I ain't going to see any results. Amen? And so we can't be, we, we can't fool ourselves. We can't look into the mirror and we can't say that we're better than what we are. We actually are. We have to evaluate and be honest with ourselves. And then the next line says, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. All right? And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about this here. So the soul decides. The soul is the, man, is the seat of man's personality. Again, it's linked through the body to the visible world and linked through the spirit to the unseen divine world. Decision lies within the soul. Every decision you make each and every day, when God puts life and death before you, your ability to make a choice lies within your soul, okay? This is where the mind is. This is where the intellect is. This is where our emotions are. It's in our soul. This is where um, our ability to say yes to him is and no to to the sin that the enemy is trying to get us to fall in, all right? So I want to move on to the body. The body... Again, it's the flesh is connected to the world and sin. The flesh is enmity to God, and it opposes anything that God wants for you. And the Spirit of God is connected to the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to do the things that God is telling us to do in His Word. Amen? So we can agree tonight that without the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can put to death the deeds of the body. Amen? And if we're going to say yes to the Holy Spirit and no to sin, We have to hear God's word so that we can know how to apply it, right? Amen. All right. right. Awesome. So what I want to do now is I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about why it's important. And so because every day we are faced with decision in more ways than one, this is why it's important to hear God's word. I want to talk to you a little bit about the garden because Adam dealt with this in the garden. And if we look at Genesis uh, chapter 3, if you wouldn't mind putting it up, we'll see that God very clearly told Adam to not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. I know a lot of you, if you've heard this story before, go ahead and raise your hand. I know a lot of you, maybe you haven't heard this story. But I'm going to try to, you know, simplify it a bit very briefly. It says, of course, we may not, and this is, um, this is um, <clears throat> Adam speaking. Of course, we may not eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we may not be allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat from it or even touch it and you will, or, or else you'll die, right? So in this moment, what's happening, what's taking place in the garden is the spirit is at war with the body in this moment. And so Adam has a decision to make in this moment. He has a decision. Am I going to yield to the body? Am I going to eat this fruit? Am I going to touch this fruit and die? Or am I going to yield to the spirit? See, remember, Adam isn't just hearing God He's literally with God. He's in the garden walking with God. How are you with him? Like, it's one thing to just hear, hear him audibly, but you can see him. Like, he right there. I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting angry. The, angry the, the anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Let me get away from that. All right, so he's in the garden. He's literally with God. God is walking with him. He's walking with God. He hears God's heart. He hears his voice. And yet he still decided in his soul, I'm going to yield to my flesh right now. And what happened? What happened? Somebody tell me what happened. They got kicked out. 
What happened? Come on. He ate the fruit, and what happened? Sin, okay. I'm going to tell you what happened. All of those things are true. But here's what happened. When he yielded to his body, not only did he um, experience distance from God because he, he, see, the thing about the scripture, God wasn't talking about a physical death. He was talking about a spiritual death. Have you ever gone throughout your day and maybe you made a mistake or something or you've sinned against God and you feel this distance on the inside of you now? It's not because God doesn't love you anymore. It's because it's a, there's a spiritual death that took place. There's a spiritual death that took place. And where sin separates us from God. Now, very briefly, I want to share with you some good news. The good news is that we have an advocate with the Father. And when you make a mistake, and if you're in a season right now, you're making a lot of mistakes, there's room for you. There's room for you. And guess what? God wants to know you. and He wants to be close to you. And there's grace and there's mercy and there's his comfort for you. Amen? So here's the thing. Adam chose to yield to his body. And so what happened was he became a slave to his body. And guess what? He didn't even know he had a body. He didn't know he had a body. He had a spirit and a soul, and he had a body that he didn't even know he had until he disobeyed God, and then he went, what? I'm naked. What is that? He didn't, he, he, I'm crazy, don't listen to me. He was like, oh my gosh. So what happened in that moment, the moment he yielded to the flesh, he felt the hand of God move off of his life. It's like the glory totally lifted in that moment. He became a slave to the body, and then he was ruled by the body. When we yield to the body, we become ruled by the body, and the spirit of God becomes a dormant power inside of us, where it was supposed to be a powerful reigning principle in our lives. The spirit of God is now a dormant power, and it's useless in that moment. Because he, he's already said yes to sin. And that's why he experienced a spiritual death. And that's why I'm grateful for the cross of Calvary. That's why I'm grateful for God's sacrifice. And sometimes we need to be reminded of his sacrifice and his grace. His grace is sufficient for us. Amen? But this is what happens to us daily. We're, we're faced with decision daily. Am I going to yield to my spirit, the Holy Spirit, and am I going to walk in the plans that God has for me, or am I going to yield to the flesh? Each and every day we're faced with this. I want to share a little bit about my story. And you know what's crazy? I've never shared this before, but, you know, I really do believe that God wants to set some people free tonight. Amen? Are you facing some things that you want to be free from tonight? Is there anybody here tonight that want to be free from some things? Awesome. So at the age of 12, and if you're watching, Mom, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but God is a redeemer. <laughs> um, but at the age of 12, I was introduced to pornography. Me and my cousin, actually. And, you know, there's some of you in the room that were exposed to some things that you didn't ask for. You know, there's some things that just kind of fell in your lap. And for me, that was one of the things at the age of 12. And I was introduced to this, and I was watching every day, y'all. I was 12 years old, and I was, I was born and raised in church, actually. I was born and raised in church, leading worship, trying to, you know, pray for people, doing the things of God. I was hearing God's word all the time. I was always hearing God's word. But behind closed doors, I had this fight. I was battling. I was struggling. 
and I was always beating myself up. And I'm like, Lord, I go to church. <laughs> I hear your word. I read the Bible sometimes. I'm leading people in worship. I'm praying for people. I'm seeing you move. But I got this issue I'm dealing with, and I'm having a hard time overcoming this thing. And so what I started to do was I started to share it with some of the church leaders, and I was like, I really need accountability. And so I had like two, three guys in my life who were a bit older than me, and they were serving in the church, and they became very accountable to me. And so when I had an issue or I was struggling, I was able to call them and say, hey, man, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me, please? And they would pray for me. But you know what happened every time I hung up the phone? Every time I hung up the phone and I got into a place where I was by myself again, it's like the prayer never even happened. It's like I was hearing God's word through their prayers, but I wasn't able to overcome the power of sin. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like fighting, fighting daily. And there's some of you in the room right now where you're facing something so hard and you're trying to fight it on your own. Or maybe you have accountability and you're like, it's not working. I'm doing everything I know to do and it's not working. And so I'm 12 years old and this is going on for a long time, 12, 13, 14, throughout the years. And God is like constantly trying to deal with me and I'm trying to deal with this sin and I'm like, ah, I'm just this wretched man. I don't know how to change. I'm beating myself. Now I have all this condemnation, all this guilt, all this shame, you know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just me yelling at me like, bro, you nasty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm clean now. (laughs) I had this issue, I had this problem, but I figured out the secret sauce. Come on, somebody say secret sauce. And I'm not talking about the sauce you put on your bare chicken when you want it to taste better. I'm talking about the secret sauce of the word. Amen? There's a secret sauce, and I want to talk to you about it. And I actually want us to read one more time uh, this, this verse in Romans 12. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. What does it say? Let who transform you? Can accountability partners transform you? Let me tell you something. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Accountability partners are very, very necessary in this walk with God. But they can't give you power to overcome sin. That comes from somewhere else, and we're about to find out where that comes from. It says, but let God transform you into a new person. So I can't be who I've been? No, you got to become somebody totally brand new. If you want to make the right decision in your soul every single day, There's a new person that God has for you that you don't even know yet. There's a version of you that you don't even know about yet. There was a version of me I didn't know about yet. I thought that I was going to be battling with that forever. It says here, there's a new person, and by changing the way you think, it says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. The faith that God has given you will allow you to measure yourself. And so guess what? If you're just looking in the mirror, you will forget. You will forget. 
Here's another example. My wife, I don't know where she went. I saw her a second ago. Girl, if you don't get in here and listen to the word. <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. uh, <laughs> I don't know where she, where my wife at? Babe, where you at? Uh, so my wife, and this is, <laughs> I'm loud. My, she go, oh, babe, babe, babe. Oh. It's my wife. Thank you, Lord. Sorry. Um, <laughs> don't know how, but you did it. Oh. <laughs> Made a way. <laughs> um, where was I? <laughs> right. <laughs> Talking about my wife. So my wife... The secret sauce. That's the, that's the secret sauce. Somebody remember. Somebody's taking notes. All right. So the secret sauce. So my wife, you know, I'm learning something more and more, and I'm still learning this each and every day, but this is something I'm currently dealing with. Okay? This is something that I've conquered. All right? If you're dating someone in the room, this is still applic- applicable to you, you know, um, because guess what? My wife, she will tell me a hundred times, babe, um, can you stop throwing your clothes um, on the, like, right next to the dirty clothes bin, can you just, like, put it in, please? That's what she'll do. Or, or for example, she'll be like, babe, you know, I really want to go on more dates. And so we'll go on a couple of dates, but then it'll, like, stop for, like, a month. And so, and then she'll say it again, babe, I want to go on more dates. I feel like we need to spend more time together and all these things. It's not that I don't care, or it's not that I don't want to. The problem is, that sometimes, because I love Jesus, okay, I want to please God. I want to please God with all my heart. What does the Bible say? The spirit is what? Willing. The flesh? Say it one more time. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I will never get to a place where I'm honoring what she says until I come to a place, from, until I come out of the place of just hearing and into doing, and there's a secret sauce in the midst. two secret sauces I want to talk to you about. Actually, God just gave me another one. The first secret sauce I want to talk to you about is prayer, okay? Because it's, it's one thing for me to hear God's word. Prayer is the, is the glue. Prayer is the connecting link that will allow me to walk, to step into a, a beginning point. It's like you, you're stepping into a flow. Okay, this is a new thing that God's going to start doing in my life. Amen? So it's easy to come to church and hear the word and leave because oftentimes we come, we go, and we start to get back into the busyness of life, right? But here's the, the secret sauce oftentimes is prayer. So when my, my wife asked me to, to, to get better at something, the first thing that I know to do now is I just start praying. Lord, I know this isn't something that's like always on my mind, but she really values it. She really cares. So, Lord, would you help me to care as much as she does about date night? Would you help me, Holy Spirit, to care just as much as she cares about spending more time together and connecting and not, we don't want to just be roommates. See, a lot of us are just roommates with God. (laughs) Some of us are just roaming with God. He's in the house, but we're not sitting at his feet like Martha. We're in the kitchen busy doing other things. But God wants us to come out of a place of just hearing him from a distance and into a place of sitting at his feet, 
praying, listening to every word, connecting with him, and allowing his Holy Spirit to really change us. Amen? And so prayer, that's the first secret sauce, all right? Prayer. The second secret, the second secret sauce is this, Galatians 5, verse 6. Would you mind putting that up? It says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, for neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed in working through love. Faith works only through what? Love. That's the second secret sauce. Second secret. There's so many S's. Second secret sauce. The first one is prayer. Asking, inviting Holy Spirit in, inviting him into that thing. God, I know in and of myself, my body wants to yield to this world, but my spirit is willing and it wants you. I've heard your word. I've heard your truth. There's a fire inside of me. I want to do the right thing. And so you begin to pray and ask Holy Spirit to help you. And then guess what? When various trials and tribulations come, you will be reminded by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, open the spiritual inward eye of my heart that I will be reminded of the hope that I'm called to. That's what the Bible says. And so through prayer, God begins to remind us of the thing that we just heard and, and, and maybe in a message, you know. And so it is important that we lean in and pray when we hear God's word. That's the thing that's going to send you on a, on a path of the righteousness of God in your life. That's what he wants to produce. So faith works only through love. So when we hear, we gain faith. And when we work on denying the flesh from a place of love, Jesus, loving Jesus, it allows for the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the things that God is calling us to do. Hearing God's word inspires us and ignites us, but it is his love that fuels us to act. It's his love that pushes us to do the thing he's calling us to do. There's a lot of people that know God's word. There's a lot of people that operate in the things of God. But without his love, it's all empty. It's empty, it's empty, it's empty. Faith works only through love. Faith come by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith work without works are dead but faith works only through love. So you can hear God's word and have faith and you can work and do a whole lot of stuff and find yourself getting nowhere because you, are, you don't have his love in your heart. His love, it's his love that is the fuel that moves us to do the things he's calling us to do. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. It was his love that drove him to give something that was so precious. When you really fall in love with Jesus, you will really, you'll, you'll literally forsake every other dream, ambition, desire you have. Because as you take delight in him, Psalm 37 verse 4, he will give you the desires of your heart. But you know what happens when you take delight in the Lord? As you spend enough time with him, he will begin to shift and change your desires into his own. And you will long for the things that he wants. So faith working only through love. And so when I hear God's word, I want to do it because I'm experiencing his love for me while I spend time with him. 
And so it's not this religious thing where now I'm just hearing them and just doing it because of a set of rules. It's this thing where, wow, I'm spending so much time with him and he's revealing myself to me and actually making me out of making me to be a better version of myself as I spend more time with him. I'm seeing the fruit of yielding to the spirit of God and denying the flesh. I'm seeing the fruit of it and it the fruit is it, I'm call, it's causing me to profit things that are of life. And what are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Throughout my journey with the Lord from 12-year-old, from a 12-year-old and throughout the years, I begin to get closer with Jesus in private, behind closed doors. I was asking, I was seeking, I was knocking. And the more I did that every single day, getting in his word, praying, pressing into prayer, welcoming his Holy Spirit into my heart and into my life, I begin to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in my spirit, man, that my flesh, it began to give up in that area of my life. It literally just gave up. What does the Bible say in James chapter 1? It says, never say that God is tempting you. God doesn't tempt anyone. And he himself can't be tempted. But we are enticed. I'm paraphrasing, but it says, but we are enticed by our own desires. Our biggest enemy is not Satan, it's self, it's self. If you can deal with self with God, let me rephrase that, you can't deal with self. It is only the Holy Spirit that can help you deal with self. It is only the power of the Holy Spirit coming into your heart that will cause you to be a new person, that will transform you by the renewing of your mind. And so you'll go from hearing God's word and it going in one ear and out the other, and you'll find yourself in a place where his word is alive and active. And it is flowing and moving in and through you daily. And it does become lighter. It does become easier to say yes to God, choosing what he wants for you. And it becomes a lot easier to say no to sin because you, you begin to realize, man, that is actually really trash. That's actually really trash. And the blessing of me killing that flesh and denying my flesh and ridding myself, submitting to God, resisting the enemy, he literally, he fleed. And now I'm happily married, and she's the only body I see, and I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it. <laughs> some of y'all like, hallelujah, some of y'all like laughing, but it's true. Because now, he's opened the spiritual inward eye of my heart. In one area of my life, where I was allowing the gates of my eyes to be open, staring at sin, indulging in the things of the world, and it was tearing me apart in ways I didn't even realize. And it took so long. It took so long for me to get to a place where I really understood, wow, I really can't do this alone. I've been fooling myself all this time, beating myself up. But then I got to a place where I realized I'm not fighting to be holy. I'm fighting from a place of holiness because Jesus took care of it on the cross. He made me holy on the cross. And so he began to change my thinking as I spent time with him. He began to shift my thinking. And so I was no longer fighting for approval, but I began to live from it. And because I, was, I realized I'm already holy, I'm already clean, I'm already whole because of your sacrifice, because you sent your only son. I don't have to walk in guilt. I don't have to walk in shame and condemnation. 
Some of you are here tonight, and maybe you've really been battling with some things, and I want to encourage you tonight. God sees you. He sees the thing, but he loves you more. He loves you so much more. I even sense strongly in the spirit right now that some of you are really mad at yourselves, and you're very hard on yourselves. And you look in that mirror, and you see someone that God doesn't see. And you may have been asking for, for forgiveness, and guess what? God's forgiven you, but he only remembers it when you remind him. When you ask God to forgive you, and you really mean it in your heart, he doesn't remember anymore. He says, I remember your sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, gone. And all that's left is his love. Following Jesus is hard for a lot of people because and this is for the believer and the non-believer. If you're here tonight and you don't know who Jesus is, this applies to you too. And if you're here tonight and you do know who Jesus is and you've been walking with him for a while, this is for you as well. Following Jesus is costly. How many know that it is expensive? It is costly to follow Jesus. Why? Because following him doesn't mean you're just following him. It means that you're leaving some things behind. You're leaving some stuff behind. And it's not easy to let go of what you're accustomed to or what you're familiar with. It's not easy to let go of a life that you, you've grown to be so comfortable in, sin that you've, you've grown to be so comfortable in. It's not easy, but it's possible. Through the working and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome the thing that you are facing. And God is cheering for you and rooting for you in heaven. He's like, oh, my son, my daughter's about to make the right choice. And he goes, ah, dang it. Okay, maybe next time. He's so patient with us. He's so patient with us. When sin comes our way, God gets excited because in his heart, he always thinks that we're going to make the right decision. He believes the best in us. He sees us, and he just sees his loving daughter. He just sees his loving son. And as you spend time with him, you're going to want to please him. You're going to come to a place where you're like, Lord, I want to, I, I can't wait till the devil try me. Because I got your spirit so much so in me, I ain't even worried. I ain't even worried. Holy Spirit in me so strong. I'm not even concerned. He can throw whatever he wants at me. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Because I have the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. Romans 8:11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit that raised a dead body, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that same spirit lives inside of you. It lives inside of you. If you are, listen, that Holy Spirit is given to each and every child of God as a gift when we say yes to him. And when we say, Lord, I believe you rose for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you gave everything you had on that cross. And you said, I want to be close to you. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Christ raised him from the dead, then you are saved and he's gifted you with the Holy Spirit. And the good news is tonight that if that's not you and you've not believed in your heart and you've not taken a step into relationship with God, there's an opportunity to tonight. There's an opportunity to know God's love in a way you've never known love. 
And if you've not seen his love, if you've not experienced his love, I'm sorry, don't be mad at me, but you've not experienced love at all. Because God is love. He is love. He is love. When we follow Jesus, it's sad, but we lose family sometimes. That's the truth for some of you tonight. Some of you, because you chose to follow Jesus, there's family members that you don't talk to very much. How do I know? Because that's my, that's my situation. You might have family members that go to church and do the church thing, but outside of church, they live a different lifestyle than you do. The level of relationship with Jesus is probably a little different than yours and where you go to church consistently, but you're also seeking God outside of church. And so I'm sorry I'm brokenhearted for you because I experienced it too where I want all my family to be saved. I want everybody in my family to know Jesus. And it's hard when you are following Jesus. It's costly and you lose friends and you lose family. And you know what? There's some of you tonight that are thinking about this right now. You're like, man, if I make this decision, I might lose all my friends because maybe all the friends you have are all following the world in sin. But look around. Look around. When you say yes to Jesus, you might lose a couple friends, but what you gain in the kingdom is immeasurable. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. And I want us to look at a verse tonight. John 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep know my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Whether you're saved or not, whether you have given your heart to Jesus or not, you are a child of God. We're all God's children, but guess what? Just because we're all God's children doesn't mean that we're all of his sheep. We're all his children, but not all of us are his sheep. Why is that? Because sheep follow shepherd. You might come to church every week, but you've not taken the step to really give your heart to Jesus. You're not his sheep yet. If you want to begin to follow Jesus, if you want to be his sheep, if you want a dose of his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's contentment in following Jesus. You may not realize it at first, but it comes when you step into a relationship with him. He begins to reveal to you that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this, what I have for you is just better. It's just better. And so if that's you tonight, I want to offer you the opportunity. If that's something you want to do tonight, you want to take, say, I want to take a step, and I want to give my heart to God tonight. And I want to be a sheep of his pasture. I want to follow him. I want to know more about him. I don't want to just hear his word anymore and not do it. I want to hear his word, and I want to step into a journey of walking with Jesus, being in fellowship and communion with Jesus, letting him into the deepest places of me and letting him make me a new person, making me the best version of myself that I could never do for myself but only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you say yes to him tonight, he's going to pour over you a gift. And it's called the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit that will empower you to yield to the Spirit and deny that flesh. 
in honoring God. When you hear his word and when temptation comes, the Holy Spirit in you will rise up and say, no, that's, that's my son, that's my daughter. And you're going to begin to experience that as you continue to press into his presence each and every day, carrying your cross daily, going to small groups, studying, learning the word. The Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit inside of you will begin to strengthen. You're going to find that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. When you encounter Jesus, you're going to want to follow him. And we're about to go into a time of worship, and we're going to have an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus right now. And again, if that's you tonight, you want to give your whole heart to Jesus, and you want to say yes to him. I want you to just go ahead and lift your hand right now. If that's you, be bold about it. Thank you. We see you, bro. We see you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to repeat after me. If that's you, if you raise your hand, I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I've been living a life for myself. Lord, please forgive me for every sin and mistake that I've made. God, I welcome your Holy Spirit to my heart. I welcome your Holy Spirit to take complete control of my life because you are the way, you are the truth. You are the life. I believe in my heart that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised your son Jesus from the dead. And I give my life to you. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. I'm yours, Lord. Come on, tell him I'm yours, Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all mind standing for me? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Altar is open. If you want to come down, I encourage you to do so. Lord showed me that, you know, there's some people here tonight that have some, some hefty things that they need to lay at his feet. And if that's you tonight, you need to lay some things at God's feet, whether it be unbelief, doubt, sin that you've been indulging in. The Bible says to run boldly to the throne of grace, the throne of grace. God's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He loves you. He just wants to hold you. He just wants to hold you. So if that's you tonight, you need to lay some things at the feet of Jesus. I encourage you to come on down and do so. Now, there are some of us in the room who've been walking with Jesus, and we've lost that flame on the inside of us. And we've been hearing God's word, but we've not been actively walking out his word in truth. 
and we've been going through the motions. If that's you tonight, I encourage you to come down too, to resubmit your heart to God and to resubmit and devote your, your body to him and your life to him. I encourage that tonight. Hallelujah. Before we go into worship, I'm going to just go ahead and pray for us. And if you guys wouldn't mind, go ahead and spread out down here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Make room for others. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every yes in this place. Thank you for each and every heart in this place, God, of yieldedness and surrender. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every person tonight that made a decision that said, I'm going to take a step tonight, and I'm going to jump into a relationship with Jesus. I'm leaving the past behind, and I'm walking into your power and into your glory that you have waiting for me. I walk right now into the gift of the Holy Spirit that you want to give me tonight, Lord Jesus. I thank you for each and every heart tonight that's made that decision. And Lord, I thank you right now that there is no condemnation in this place, no guilt, no shame, but it is your love, Lord Jesus, that is washing over each and every individual right now in this moment. Your love poured out, even as we lift our hands in worship. Hallelujah. Even as we lift our hands and we surrender, God. There's an exchange that I want to take place that God wants to do in this moment. We're giving him every ounce of the hurt, every ounce of the pain, every ounce of the guilt, every ounce of the shame, and we're receiving the contentment of the Holy Spirit. We're receiving the comfort of the Holy Spirit. There's an exchange that happens. We give him our bodies, and worship begins to spring up a well in us. And as we, we, we will begin to receive the love of Jesus and the implanted word, implanted meaning it's in you. It was it's a past tense. The implanted word that will save our souls. And so, Lord Jesus, allow your implanted word to take root in us tonight. Take root, Jesus, deep roots on the inside of us as we press into worship in this moment. We love you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Holy, holy. 